That's right. So we are looking at the I am statements of Jesus. There's actually seven of them that he makes in the Gospel of John. We're looking at four of them in this series. These are statements that Jesus makes about himself. John, one of Jesus' best friends, he's highlighting who Jesus is by showing us these different teachings Jesus has. He, we've looked at how Jesus says, right, I am the vine. We've looked at how Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Last week, I am the resurrection and the life. I thought that was an incredible message. I've loved every one of these messages. It's impacted me. And so today, we're going to be looking at how Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And I'm really excited to share about this with you. When Pastor Jeff and I were talking about this series, he's like, I know you really want to talk about this one. And I was like, I do. You know, just with everything going on in in the world, man, last year, I felt like the ground was beginning to shake beneath me. I know that many of us in the room feel that way. Obviously, uh, you know, I guess everyone's getting tired of saying it keeps coming back to COVID, but it really does. It's like, you know, when everything was, was going down and then all of us really know, all of us know somebody that we've, we've lost during this time. You know, we've lost some people even in our church, either due to COVID or during the pandemic. And uh, in our family last year, we lost two people. And, and, and it was just, you know, all of us, you know, for myself, I was facing some challenges that I've really never faced before in my life. And I know that's where so many of us find ourselves. And as, like I said, as I felt the ground beneath me beginning to kind of shake and crumble, I began to discover something that generations of Christians before us have discovered about these incredibly loving words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. And so I'm so excited to share that with you this morning. And I want to say, too, I I haven't arrived. I didn't um, find out that Jesus is the good shepherd, and now I've moved on, you know. Um, Jesus is still doing this in me, and I know he wants to in you as well. And if you're taking notes, that's kind of the next thing to write down. With all of these I am statements... It's about who Jesus is, not simply what to believe. This is about who Jesus is, not simply what to know. This is how Jesus wants to relate to you. This is who he wants to be in your life. These are the, this is how Jesus self-identifies in your life. And so many times we approach the Bible like it's a systematic theology textbook. You know, like it tells us what to believe about God, what to do, and there's a long list of things you're not supposed to do, right? That's how we approach the Bible sometimes. But it's so much more than that. It's not not designed that way. And Jesus, when he says, I am the good shepherd, he's describing who he is and who he wants to be in your life. And it's not like Jesus, you know, if he had said, like, I'm the good EMT worker, Or, I'm the good doctor. You know, we kind of know what those things are. But when he says, I'm the good shepherd, you know, we're a little bit removed from that. Everybody back then, though, would have known exactly what he meant. And so for us, we're going to unpack a little bit, you know, what a shepherd and a sheep, their relationship would be like. And it's crazy, because as I go through this, I'm telling you, the sermon's just going to preach itself. Because (laughs) you're going to think, like, I worded it on purpose a certain way. Like, I'm literally just talking about sheep. And uh, we're going to see why Jesus chooses to use this. This is how he wants to relate to you. This is who he wants to be in your life. And so if Jesus is the shepherd, we are the sheep. When it comes to this analogy Jesus is using about himself, I'm the good shepherd. If he's the shepherd, we are the sheep. All of us are sheep. Everyone in the room. Even you over there who 
who doesn't think you're, you think you're not a sheep. Oh, well, I know other people are sheep, right? But no, you're a sheep too. Every single one of us are. You're like, oh, well, once I become a Christian, I'm not a sheep anymore, right? God cleansed me from sin. No, you're still a sheep. <laughs> Everyone's a sheep. That's, that's what the Bible says. All of us in this analogy, we're all sheep. Sheep were actually mentioned about 200 times in the Bible, more than any other animal, which may not surprise you. You're like, when you think the Bible and you think, you know, you think like farming and sheep, right? A lot of the times, those are the things that come up. And so uh, we're, Jesus is saying that we're like sheep, and this isn't really great news for us. Because sheep are among, like, the stupidest animals on planet Earth. They really are. Young adults, recently we did a trip to medieval times in uh, Lyndhurst, New Jersey. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, you go and, and you eat food. It's like a dinner and tournament. And so they have, like, sword fights and tournaments, and they're riding on horses. But for a lot of the show... They're doing these tricks with the horses, like the trainer comes out, and, and, and some of them are really complicated. It takes years to train. It's like this big deal, and it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. But what you'll never see at medieval times is a trained sheep. <laughs> you'll never see one because they're dumb. You, can't, you, know, you, you'll see, you can train dogs right, to do all sorts of different stuff. Or you can train elephants. You can train monkeys. You're not going to train a sheep. It's not going to work out because sheep are stupid. They're stubborn. And they're helpless. <laughs> so I know, not good news. Don't worry, I'm not saying this about you, okay? Uh, Jesus is. So, <laughs> no, let, let's, I, I'm having a little fun, but let, let's unpack. Sheep are stupid, stubborn, and helpless. Sheep are stupid. They, you know what they do? They, they wander around. You know that about sheep, kind of like uh, when you have a little kid or, or a pet, they have like zero awareness of what's going on around them. You know, they just wander. And, and that's exactly what Isaiah says about us. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. And sheep, you know, they travel together in a flock, but it's very common for a sheep to just kind of wander off because they're eating some grass and this tastes good. And then they just kind of go over here and, oh, this sounds nice. And they just kind of start wandering around, following their own path. And they, they'll, they'll, they'll be vulnerable to a wolf. They'll fall right off a cliff because they're not paying attention. And we can do that even in our own lives. We wander around. We're making decisions and we're not worrying about, you know, where it's leading us, what path we're going down. Oh, this feels kind of nice. Or like, well, that's annoying. I'm just going to change jobs. Or like people, I don't like people at this church. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and we just kind of, hey, do you, do you realize, well, I, I don't care if, if I date this person. It's fine. And, and do you see kind of the pathway that you're walking down? And, and so we can act like sheep. We're prone to wander. Sheep without a shepherd get lost very easily. And sheep are stubborn. Look at your neighbor and say, sheep are stubborn. Okay, a lot of you guys didn't say it because you're stubborn, and you refused, okay? We're all like sheep here. I know some of us don't have neighbors next to us, but sheep are stubborn. You know what will happen? A sheep will walk in between. They'll get their head stuck somewhere. They'll get their head stuck between two rocks, and they're so stubborn, they they will refuse to back up, just simply back up and get unstuck. They will keep pressing forward, keep their head stuck in between those two rocks because they're so stubborn they won't move. I don't even have to explain that, right? Like, that's, that's just who we are. Look, here's an example. This, this is like everywhere you look. If you, if you want to, you could uh, go on YouTube, go on TikTok. I saw this one. This is just a funny example of a sheep choosing to get stuck. Абуш, отойди. Нет, сам. Он боится и так нас отойти. Я боюсь. 
А Буш, отойди. Нет. Потяни сейчас сам. Вверх потяни. Ой, умничка, Риад, умничка. Ногу не сломай только ему. Умничка, умничка. За обе ноги. Молодец, Риад. Умничка. Умничка. Все, операция удалась. Yeah, so that was no accident. <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen the memes, Sarah and I were talking. It's like, Jesus with me and my sin, he pulls me out and I just jump right back in, you know? Or, or we go back to our old familiar way of life. We're stubborn. You know, we don't want to listen to other people. Maybe this is how we interact with our family. Well, you know what? I'm not going to move. Everyone else has to move. Or you're unwilling to understand what somebody else thinks about something. We're stubborn, just like sheep. We choose to be that way. And sheep are helpless. They're helpless for a lot of reasons. Uh, they can't, they're dirty and they can't clean themselves. They're totally defenseless. You know, most animals will have like fangs or claws or they can like blend in or something um, to, you know, uh, as a defense mechanism. But sheep, this is, this is like, this is the best one to me, is that sheep are really good at dying in their sleep. They are so helpless. They could die in their sleep. There's some people, that's like your life goal. You're like, I just hope one day when I'm really old, peacefully in my sleep. Well, guess what? That's what sheep are really good at doing. They are so helpless. They could be sleeping, and they'll roll over on their back, which, uh, you know, you move when you sleep, right? I move when I sleep. I roll over. Well, they'll roll over on their back and get stuck, and they'll work themselves into a frenzy. They're so scared that they got stuck. The blood's running down their legs. They're, they're freaking out. They'll work themselves into a heart attack and die. That's how helpless a sheep is. <laughs> Look, I just got one more for you. How could I not? Here's a sheep on his back. Uh, it's on its back. Let's help you. So, just a quick little example of a sheep, you know, I'm not making this stuff up. A sheep getting stuck on their back. The bottom line is that sheep without a shepherd are totally helpless. Sheep need a shepherd. Just like us, we need a savior. We need the good shepherd in our lives. And Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. You know, he says that word because he's implying and even says that there are bad shepherds out there. There are other things that we as sheep, we wander. There are other things that we can go to that we try to find satisfaction in. I'm sure you could probably think of what some examples might be in your life. Maybe some habits or experiences. Some mistakes, definitely some sin. There are lots of different things that we go to. But Jesus says he's the good shepherd because he's the only one that will truly satisfy us. But not only that, he says it's, it's in John chapter 10. It's an amazing chapter of the Bible. I would encourage you to go home and read it today, John chapter 10. It's in verse 11. He says he's the good shepherd. But look what he says in verse 10. He says that there's an enemy to our soul. This is why he's the good shepherd. Because in verse 10, he says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. 
there's an enemy that works against us. He hates God and he hates God's people. And his mission is to destroy your life. He wants to see you wander and leave the flock. He wants to see you make bad decisions and bad decisions and get in a cycle and look up and blame God and say, I'm just going to walk away from this. When It's really our own uh, silliness, our own stupidness, being like a sheep wandering astray. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to see your family fall apart through miscommunication and anger and all those types of things. That's his mission. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Others will say, life to the fullest, an abundant life. That's the kind of of life that God wants for you. Did you know that? He wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. That's what he has for you today. What amazing news. And so I want to give you four qualities of the good shepherd. I've talked about how sheep are like and the parallels between us and sheep are pretty obvious. I want to talk about four qualities of the good shepherd. So let me give them to you. The first one is this. The good shepherd, he guides. He guides. I'm so thankful for this. Uh, one of the places that I got to go when I was in Israel was King David's palace. Uh, today it's called the City of David. You can go there. It was really amazing to be there. This is a picture from inside the palace. I know you probably don't know where it is. probably doesn't help, but I just thought it was so cool. You, in this picture, you are standing in King David's palace. They actually only unearthed it about 15 years ago. So it's really exciting to go here and to discover um, you know, all the stuff that they're discovering there. That's a little bit of his palace, kind of those steps behind it. That's like the stepped wall there. But anyway, so this is where David was. And King David, he was once a shepherd boy. But God selected him to be king, and so he penned some of the most beautiful words about our relationship to God in Psalm 23. It's a very familiar psalm. Uh, It's been known for generations by lots of people have come to this psalm to seek comfort. And David knew what a shepherd's relationship is like to a sheep. And so David said, yeah, you know what? That's like our relationship to God. He's like my shepherd. And he says in Psalm uh, 23, verse 3, He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He guides me. And so, if you're not sure what direction to go, come to the good shepherd. He'll guide you. He'll show you the right path. And it's great because, you know, even people who don't have a strong faith or they're not really Christian, a lot of people know to come to God for this. A lot of times this is when people will come to God because he guides us. He'll show us the right way to go. And I know that there's stories all over this room of people, you can probably name a time in your life when he has guided you somewhere. And I even think about um, recently in our young adults group, there was a girl coming who actually doesn't come to church here on Sundays, but she was like, hey, I need an apartment. And we've been praying with her and praying with her about finding the right place, God guiding her to the right place to live. When I found out this week that she found an apartment, which is awesome. And so that's why, you know, we got our life group signups out there. That's why being in a life group is so important because we get to share and do life together to seek the guidance of the good shepherd together. And so he guides us. And even that word guide, he guides us. It's intentional. You know, this good shepherd, he doesn't drive us. He doesn't get from behind us and whack us and whip us and say, come on, let's go. You're taking so long. No, he just guides us. And that's exactly what Jesus says in John 10. He says, the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. And so as we're talking about the good shepherd guiding us, and I think you, you could be sitting here, I would be sitting here kind of asking two different questions. You know, you might be thinking, what does it mean to hear God's voice guiding you? You know, and, and how do I know it's God's voice? You know, when, when God, God guides me, they know his voice, he, he speaks. To, am I going to actually hear something? Am I going to hear an audible voice? I'd say, yeah, it's definitely possible. I've heard people that have heard the audible voice of God before. But most of the time, God will speak through his word. That's why we call it the word of God. The number one way that God speaks is through his word. And so we don't read the Bible to keep God from getting mad at us. We don't read the Bible so God will stay happy with us. We read the Bible to hear from God. This is the number one way that God speaks to us. Of course, he speaks other ways as well. He'll speak through a Sunday sermon. He'll speak through a person, maybe a prophetic word, uh, you know, through a worship song, through a movie, through nature. There's lots of different ways that God will speak to us. And how do I know when it's God's voice? Well, I think you'll know if you really know him and, and you'll know if you spend time with him. If, you, if you're here and you're like, I just don't know if I really know God's voice, I would say it's because you either just don't know him or you just haven't spent enough time with him. If everyone in the room, you know, think about after church, you know, if we were all, uh, we all start talking, you know, so the room fills, everybody starts talking. Um, if being that I know my wife, I could hear her voice and point it out in the crowd. If we all start talking right now, I'm going to know my wife because I, I, I know her. And if anyone in the room who does know my wife, you'll also be able to point out her voice if you know her. But I've also spent so much time with her that I can tell what she's trying to communicate through her voice. She can say a word that everyone else can say, like the word, okay. She can say that, but because I've spent so much time with her, I know that she's communicating to me through that word, it's time to go now. <laughs> and then I have a choice if I'm going to follow, right, or, or not. And so how do I know God's voice? You may just have to come to know him, or you may have to spend more time with him. And I want to give you a chance to do that after the service today. We'll spend some time in the presence of the Good Shepherd. It's powerful. He says that the sheep recognize his voice. This is so wonderful because the God of the universe, the author and creator of life, the creator and sustainer of all things, this being who is so far beyond our comprehension, chooses to relate to us personally to the point of calling each of us by name. That's amazing news. So the good shepherd guides. The good shepherd provides. Psalm 23, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He provides for us. For a sheep to rest or to go to sleep, three conditions have to be met. Sheep have to be well-fed, they have to be getting along, and they have to feel safe. And it makes a lot of sense. I don't know how OCD you are when you go to sleep, but I'm kind of like the door has to be cracked a certain way, and uh, uh, you know, if the curtain isn't right, like I get up out of bed and fix it and then go to sleep. So, you know, we, and, and the well-fed one, you know, I can understand that, right? Sheep need all three of those conditions met um, to, to rest. 
And really, the good shepherd is the only one that can provide this for them. He's the one that feeds them. He's the one that will break up fights. Hey, guys, hey, relax. It's time to rest. It's time, time to go to sleep. And it's in the presence of the good shepherd that they feel safe. All of these things come from the good shepherd. And it says that he leads me beside peaceful streams, or another translation, quiet waters. That's because if there were rushing waters, it'd be a lot of noise, so you're not going to rest. And also, sheep are not going to drink from that, because I told you they're totally helpless. What will happen is if a sheep tries to drink from rushing waters, they'll get caught up in the stream, they'll roll down the river and drown. They're helpless. So the good shepherd knows which waters to bring them to. He knows how to provide for their needs. And that's who Jesus is in our life. Jesus says he's the good shepherd, But he also says that we are to drink of him, that we'll never thirst again if we drink of Jesus, the living water. Man, with everything going on in this world, I hope you have come to the point of realizing how your soul craves a relationship with God, how your soul craves the living water that only Jesus can give. For so long, we've just been so distracted with, you know, phones and uh, technology, career aspirations. There's so many distractions we've had. And this pandemic has stripped all of those things away to show us that none of them satisfy. That's why everybody's on edge because we're all realizing that none of these things satisfy us. What am I here on earth for? What is going to fill that craving, quench that thirst that's in my soul? I hope you have come to the point where you've realized that craving that's within you. And Jesus says, I will give that to you. I will quench that thirst. I am the one that will provide for you materially. I'll bring you to to quiet waters, peaceful streams, but I will be the one that will give rest to your soul. Wow. Come to the good shepherd. He provides for us. The good shepherd guides. He provides. He also corrects. The good shepherd corrects. There's a verse in Job chapter 5. Job says, But consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin, for though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. Jesus loves you enough to correct you from wandering into danger. And it may seem like there's two different ideas going on here. He wounds and he heals, he strikes. And he bandages, but when you understand the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep, it makes a lot of sense. So I want to explain it to you. Here's a picture. I was trying to get like the most, you know, one of the most like heart, like, oh, like your pictures I could find. Here's Jesus holding a little lamb. And you may look at this and say, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I just, that's me, you know, the Lord holding me, the little lamb close. Just look at him, hold him over his shoulders, right? I just, I I want that to be me. Well, Do you know why the lamb is there? I may burst your bubble a little bit there. Hold on. Let me explain to you why he's holding that little lamb. You know, sheep are prone to wander, like we said. And a little lamb, after they're born, they don't know the shepherd's voice. And so they may be wandering even more. And the shepherd will be saying, hey, come on, get over here. Hey, get over here. And the lamb's wandering. He'll take his hook. Come on, get over here. Get with the flock. Come on. And he's not listening. And he's, again, he's vulnerable to a wolf. He's vulnerable to walk right off a cliff. And so if this lamb is really not listening to the good shepherd, he'll come over, he'll take his staff, and he'll crack his leg. And then he'll lift the lamb up and put him on his shoulders. And then he'll start to nurse that lamb 
back to health. He'll bandage those wounds and he'll speak softly to the lamb. He'll call him by name. And so that little lamb will learn the shepherd's voice. So that when that little lamb grows up, he'll never wander away again. He'll always be right by the shepherd's side. I mean, is that powerful or what? <laughs> like, I told you, I'm not, I don't really have to try preaching with this one, man. And I want to speak uh, some life, I want to speak some encouragement right now. It's some conversations I've had with some people. There's a few of us that are in the room that maybe recently you've begun to discover who, who God is in your life. Uh, you know, you've, uh, maybe you struggle a little bit because of your past. You're ashamed of what you've done. Now you're excited that God's begun to do a work in your life. But again, you're kind of ashamed of, uh, it, that it took you so long. You were wandering for such a long time. But I want to speak life to you. I want you to know that it's okay. And that you don't have to be ashamed. If you've wandered, it's okay. Because you're close to the good shepherd right now. In fact, you might be closer than you even realize. He's holding you close. He's holding you over his shoulders. He's speaking to you. Helping you to begin to learn his voice. He's correcting you, he's guiding you, and he's loving you right now. I think that's so powerful. The good shepherd corrects. Hebrews 12, it says, God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline's enjoyable when it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. Nobody ever gets punished by their parents and say, yes, please give me another, right? Nobody ever does that. It's not fun, but it's totally worth it. So I actually want to flip this a little bit. A lot of times we think that we're blessed when God is answering our prayers the way we want him to. Oh, I got a new car. I got a new iPhone. I got a raise at my job. But here's the question I want to ask you today for your own reflection. When was the last time that you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit? I know some people in the room right now, you're like, oh, dude, this morning? Okay, great. That's great. Good. Okay. I just know that there are some Christians that I talk to who will be like, oh, man, God saved me from my sin years ago. <laughs> I used to be a horrible guy back in the day. But I'm so glad these days I'm very spiritual and don't struggle with sin. <laughs> but if you're close to the good shepherd, he'll be correcting you. And so if you sense some conviction of the Holy Spirit, hey, that's a good thing. You're hearing from God. It's all right. Allow him to correct you. Allow him to speak to you. Allow him to uh, allow yourself to begin to know his voice. And so he guides, he provides, he corrects, and the good shepherd protects. Psalm 23, 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You might be walking through a dark valley. All of us have been walking through the dark valley of COVID, of world chaos. Every single one of us has. You might be walking through a dark valley of something in your family, something personally, a valley that you're walking through. And you're looking up at the good shepherd, kind of asking him, why are we going this way? But he's with you. He knows exactly where you're going. He's guiding and leading you. 
And it says, his rod and his staff comfort us. His rod, of course, he uses to uh, protect us, to beat back enemies, any wolves or predators that come, he's going he's to beat those back, and so he's going to protect us. But I just thought this was so powerful as I had done research between what a shepherd will do with his sheep. He'll take his staff, and as he's walking next to a sheep, he'll press his staff firmly against that sheep so that that sheep will know that's the personal presence of the shepherd. The sheep is actually comforted by the pressing of the staff because it means that he and the shepherd are walking in touch with one another. He's comforted by the personal presence of the shepherd. It's so powerful, man. You might be feeling kind of pressed by God right now. You kind of feel it in your neck. Like, what is going on? Why do I feel this way? Why am I dealing with this? Why are you pointing this out in my life, God? But he's pressing against you right now, letting you know how close he is. He's letting you know how much he loves you. And he's with you as you walk through this valley. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so what am I inviting you to do today? I want you to come to the good shepherd. I want you to come to the good shepherd. Psalm 23, 6, it ends with, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Another one of the places that I got to visit when I was in Israel was the Western Wall. It was really cool to be able to go here. And I didn't know 100% what this was. Uh, I knew a little bit. And so if you don't know, the Western Wall, it's part of a large retaining wall where the, the temple would have been. So I got that picture. I took all these. That picture in the corner there where the dome is, that's the Dome of the Rock. That's where the temple would have been, God's personal presence. That's where it was located. And so today, you know, it's, the temple's destroyed. If you're Jewish, you're not allowed up there or you can't pray up there. So the closest that you can get to where God's personal presence used to dwell is the Western Wall. It's the holiest site in the world for Jewish people. And so when I went, it was very powerful to be there. It was overwhelming, really, to be at the Wall, um, to think of all the history that's been here, how many people, generations, countless people have come to this Wall to connect with God, to get as close as they can to God's presence. But when I was there, it was, it was overwhelming to think of that, and it was overwhelming to think about how people come here to connect with God. But I'm like, I'm from New Jersey. I've known God my entire life. That personal presence of God that they're trying to get close to, I've already had dwelling within me through the Holy Spirit. I have that personal presence of God. If you're a Christian and you have faith in Jesus, that personal presence of God is with you. And so when David says, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever, yeah, for him, he had to go to a physical location and this would have been it. This is where he had to go to experience God's presence. But for you and I, you don't have to go to the Western Wall. You don't have to go to a certain place. His presence is right here with you. And so I invite you today to come to the Good Shepherd